Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And one of the things that we've seen in this season is what happens when what we put our weight on stops working. What we put our weight on, what we think will hold us up, doesn't hold us up. And, and, and so you think I can put my weight on technology and medical advancements. I can put my weight on the political process. I can put my, I can put my weight on healthcare. And then suddenly you realize what you've put your weight on won't hold you up. What do you do then? Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Allow me to ask you a question. What do you think of when you hear Holy Spirit? Perhaps you think of a ghost, as in the Holy Ghost mentioned in the King James Bible. Perhaps you think of a force, like the force from Star Wars. Perhaps you think of the different gifts the Holy Spirit is said to give believers in Jesus. For most of us, the Holy Spirit is a mystery, and we're not sure who or what it is. In this sermon series, The Invisible God, we're going to seek to clarify who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit desires to do in each of our lives. We will examine the promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave us, the personhood of the Holy Spirit as He desires to relate to us, the power of the Holy Spirit that God desires to have come through us, and the presence of the Holy Spirit that we continually have with us. Through this study, our hope is you will be able to enter into a deeper relationship with God's Spirit that resides in you. One of the things you'll see when the Holy Spirit is promised is that it's in the context of challenge and struggle. That's, that's true throughout the New Testament. Um, specifically, the promise I want to look at is found in um, John chapter 14. Uh, 14 through 16 is what's called the final discourse of Jesus. And, uh, and in this final discourse, Jesus repeatedly comes back and promises his disciples that the Holy Spirit will come. So let me give you a little context. John 14 through 16 is taking place the night before, or the night of, the the arrest of Jesus to be crucified. So he knows this. He knows that his followers don't really have much time left. And so in those moments, you know, you're even more aware of what needs to be said. And, And so Jesus is wanting to prepare them. He's wanting to warn them about trouble that's coming. And so that's what you see in the final discourse of Jesus, this kind of final message that he has for his closest followers. Um, It begins in John 14, verse 1, with this verse, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. That's how the final discourse begins. And it ends in John 16, verse 33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, So here's what you have. You have these bookends of this conversation that Jesus has with his followers where he says, you're going to have trouble, but believe. And then he ends it with, in this world you will have trouble, but believe. I have overcome the world. And in between these two bookends is where we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's in a time of trouble. So let's talk about the word trouble for a minute. The the word trouble here is not um, annoyance. It's not like uh, it's not like a hangnail. Can't get a parking space. Traffic gets backed up. Like that's not the word trouble here. The word trouble here is a weighty word. It, it's kicked. It's getting kicked. It's the breath knocked out of you. It's going through something you never th- thought you would go through. 
It, it's experiencing deep disappointment when your reality isn't matching up with your expectations. It's loneliness. It's fear and uncertainty. In this world, Jesus says, you're, you're going to have trouble. He's preparing to leave them, but he wants them to know what to expect. He doesn't want them to be caught off guard. And I would say in the season that we're in, we need to remember it. That Jesus told us, in this world, you will have trouble. You're not going to be exempt from that just because you're one of his followers. You're going to experience the trouble of this world. Trouble surrounds you. Trouble is coming. It's everywhere. Um, I'm here in Colorado on a, a ski trip with my son. He's 16. We've come every year since I think he was probably 10 or 11. But the very first year we came, I grew up doing that with my dad. And the very first year we came, um, he, was, he was learning. It was new to him. And um, we were at a, at a resort, and uh, I asked one of the people who was working there, you know, which lift should we take? And he pointed to a lift, and, and I think I must have misunderstood him, because we go to the top of this lift, and, and, and there is no easy way down. Like, we get up there, and it's like all blacks. So I thought it would be helpful to go to the very, I was a little naive, I thought it would be helpful to go to the very top, so we could have a lot of time on the way down for him to learn, but... You go to the very top, and it turns out um, that's, you know, I think the sign said for, you know, advanced and expert skiers only, right? So we, we get up there, and I realize I've made a horrible mistake. He realizes it, too. Like, we were just looking at the names of the, of the runs. It's like Devil's Drop and Body Bag, and you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't good. And, and so there just didn't seem to be any good way down. And, and so we start making our way down. I'm trying to be as positive and optimistic as possible, but he's, he's upset. With, why would you choose this path? Why, why, are we taking, why are we taking this way down? Well, there was no good way. Every path that was available was a it was a troubled path. And it feels a little bit like that's the season that we've been in, where every path down seems like a troubled path, and we try to avoid trouble. We do our best to go around it. We don't want to experience it. But Jesus is really clear. This world, you will have, in this world, you will have trouble. It reminds me of a conversation that, um, that my dad had with me on a number of times. Uh, I was a teenager when he first said, said this to me. Um, he, I, I remember he said it to me when some close family friends were going through a really difficult time and um, the husband and wife were getting divorced. And, and, and I remember he said it to me after a funeral when we were driving home from a funeral of someone, a friend of mine that was killed in a car accident. I remember he said it to me after some friends of ours received this really devastating cancer diagnosis. Here, here's what he said to me. He said, son, your time will come. Not really what you want to hear. Like, thanks, dad. It's not, it's not what I want you to say. I want you to say, hey, buddy, if, if you're a good boy who makes good decisions, these things won't happen to you. If you love God and follow Jesus, it's going to be easy. There's no He said, your time will come. And it was especially memorable for me because my dad is super um, optimistic, like annoyingly optimistic. 
He would wake up in the mornings and uh, start our day by walking around the house and singing, um, this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Like that's, that's how he started the day. So to have this same person say to me, look me in the eye and say, your, your time will come, was unsettling. But why was he saying that? Because he, he wanted to prepare me. Because he cared enough about me to tell me something then to prepare me for what would certainly be true later. And this is what's happening in the conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. He wants them to know that trouble is coming. Don't, don't be caught off guard by it. Don't be surprised by it when it happens. Trouble, trouble will come. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Now, if you look at the final discourse, the word trouble shows up a number of times. The other word that shows up, I think maybe six times in the first, I don't know, dozen verses or so of chapter 14 is the word belief, belief. In this world, you will have trouble. Believe in God, believe also in me. Believe, believe, believe. And believe is one of those words that we dismiss a little because of its familiarity, especially in, in church. We, we hear it a lot, so we, we fail to really appreciate what Jesus is saying here. There's gonna be trouble. How do you deal with trouble? By believing, believing. The word belief, a good way to maybe reframe it so that it's fresh for us would be with a, a word picture. Um, the, the, the image that I want to give you for belief is an, an image of a walker. You know what I'm talking about? Like uh, uh, something an elderly person might use. They put their weight on it and they take a step forward and they put their weight on it and they take a step forward. That's belief. Belief is what you put your weight on so that you can move forward. That's what belief is. Jesus says, trouble's going to come. The way you deal with trouble is by believing in me, putting your weight on me so that you can keep moving forward. And one of the things that we've seen in this season is what happens when what we put our weight on stops working. What we put our weight on, what we think will hold us up, doesn't hold us up. And, and, and so you think, I can put my weight on technology and medical advancements. I can put my weight on the political process. I can put my, I can put my weight on healthcare and and then suddenly you realize what you've put your weight on won't hold you up. What do you do then? Well, what we're seeing is in those troubling moments, what you, when what you put your weight on won't hold you up, is that people become you know, anxious and angry and frustrated. A lot of it stems from fear. They thought they could put their weight on something and it's not working. Jesus said, you're going to have trouble. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And it's within this context that we have the promise of the Holy Spirit repeatedly throughout 
um, John 14 through 16. So I want to look at uh, an example of this. In John, um, John 14, we'll look at verse 16, 17 here. Um, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Uh, you looked a little bit at this last week, where the idea is that he will give you another of exactly the same kind. Jesus says, I'm leaving you, but another just like me, not me, but just like me, will be with you. And, and Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit here as an advocate. One of the things I want you to notice in this text is that advocate is capitalized. Why is that? Well, because it's not an adjective, it's an identifier. Like this is his name. This is a name for the Holy Spirit. He is an advocate. And that, that word advocate can be translated as companion, counselor, comforter. And Jesus says, I'm, I'm leaving and you're gonna have trouble. But remember this, you're not alone. That's the promise. I'm not gonna leave you alone. And so I wanna touch on just a few promises of the Holy Spirit for us to hold on to in times of trouble. One is the promise of companionship, the promise of a companion. Um, last week, Phil talked about the fact that our understanding of the Holy Spirit changes when we begin to recognize the relationship. That the purpose of this series is not to deepen your understanding of the Holy Spirit, it is to deepen your relationship with him. And, and there's, there's a difference there. Um, we get into trouble when we think of the Holy Spirit as a what rather than a who, as an it rather than a he, as a force rather than a friend. And, and, um, and so it's a challenge for us because um, even referring to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit, we lose some of that relationship dynamic, right? Because it, the Holy Spirit seems um, that title, that name doesn't feel relational. Like if, if the Holy Spirit's name was Steve, then maybe I think it would be a little easier to get armed. If it was like God, Jesus, and Steve, then okay, that, that, makes, that makes a little more sense. Like if, if Jesus would say to the disciples, hey, just wait for Steve, and when Steve comes, you'll experience my power. And they'd be like, oh, so we just look for Steve? Yeah, just wait here for Steve. But the Holy Spirit feels a little more difficult for us to understand. But it's core to having the right understanding of the Holy Spirit it is understanding that he is our compassion, he is our companion, and, and we're, we're never alone. Do you guys have um, carpool lanes out here? I haven't driven through Denver enough to know. Do you have those? Okay. Um, so... I, when I first moved out to Los Angeles, I live in Kentucky now, but I, I started a church in Los Angeles, I don't know, 22 years ago. And um, I came from a small town in Missouri called Joplin. And I had never heard of a carpool lane before. So I get out to uh, Los Angeles. I, was, I started there as an intern. My wife and I were newly married. I was an, I was an intern at this church in, in Los Angeles. And uh, we were staying with a host home that was like 10 miles away, but uh, it would take forever because of traffic. It would take forever to get back and forth to the church. And my wife and I only had one car. So she would take me, drop me off, go to work, come back, pick me up. But we were spending so much of our time in traffic. And, and one day I asked, after I'd been working there a few weeks, I asked one of my coworkers, hey, can can you give me a ride home? Now that's, that's a big ask 
in Los Angeles, right? Like, because you could get stru- stuck in traffic for, for hours. And he's like, well, well where, do you, where are you staying? Where do you live? And I told him where I live. And he said, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then he said this, it's carpool lane all the way. It's carpool lane. I didn't really know what that meant. I'd seen the carpool lane, but I thought in my Joplin, Missouri brain that that was like for like school, carpool. Like, um, you know, if you're going to drop in your kids off, like you get to take that lane. I, I didn't understand the concept. And so we get in that lane and, and it's bumper to bumper traffic, but we get in the carpool lane and, and we just go. You have to have a companion with. If you don't have a companion, you get, you get stuck in traffic. As long as you have a companion with you, you, you can go around a lot of that. And, and so one of the things I learned is that you, every time you go somewhere, do your best to have somebody with you. Uh, one of the things I've, I found out in, that, um, in my time there is that people would have like fake companions. Like they, they I don't, is that a thing here too? Like they'd put like a baby seat in the back with a baby doll in it. And that was, so they'd be, the, and then they would, like there's, a, there's this um, market for used mannequins in Los Angeles because people will buy these mannequins and dress them up to look like a person and put them in the passenger seat so they can take the, the carpool lane. And, and I, I think that's reflective of how some of us kind of try to get through life. Like we have these um, false companions. Like we try to settle for something that isn't real. But the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a constant companion. One of the names for the Holy Spirit is the one who, who draws up alongside. That he's, he is right beside us every step of the way. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. And, and when we have him with us, with us, when we understand that companionship, it makes all the difference in how we travel. So John 14, verse 18, Jesus says, after making this promise, he says, I won't leave you as orphans. You're, you're not alone. You're not, listen, listen. You, you are not alone. If you are a follower of Jesus, he has not left you to do life on your own. You may feel alone. You're, you're not alone. I, I, we have that promise, but I think sometimes we don't live that promise. Um, a few years ago, my, uh, my wife, three mornings a week or so, she has groups of ladies come out to the house and she does Bible studies with them. And, and uh, we had a really hard winter storm come in and, and, and you know, 
people in Kentucky, you would, you would hate the way we drive in snow and ice. Like you would immediately curse us because we, we have no idea what we're doing. We have a few days a year where it gets really bad. And it was one of those days. And um, my wife called me, I was at work and she said, hey, one of my friends is stuck in the driveway and um, we don't know what to do. And I, she was getting ready to call a, a tow truck. I'm like, don't do, don't do that. And so I, I run home, they're inside where it's warm. I see her, her vehicle is, is stuck in the driveway and they told me she had left the keys in there. And so I get in the, I get in the, the vehicle and I turn it on and uh, it won't go, you know, it's stuck. But then I see that it has four wheel drive and I put it in four wheel drive and off we go, it's fine. I go into the house and I say to my wife's friend, I'm, I'm like, did you, did you put it in four-wheel drive? And she says, I have four-wheel drive. <laughs> yep, you, you have four-wheel drive. I've always had four-wheel, as long as you've had that car, you've always had four-wheel drive. It's always been there. Like, it, it was there, it was there, but she wasn't living like it, right? Like, she was driving that around, getting stuck, having all kinds of trouble. And even though it was available to her, she, she wasn't using it. And I think that's an example, I think that's a picture of the promise of the Holy Spirit, that we have this promise, but just because we have the promise doesn't mean we live the promise. We have this power, but just because we have the power doesn't mean we live in that power. Paul talks to the church in Galatians about this, and he talks about the importance of keeping in step with the Spirit. You keep in step with the Spirit. And he says to him, the church in Galatia, he says, you foolish Galatians, After starting with the power of the Spirit, why are you now trying to do this on your own? Why are you insisting on keeping keeping it in two-wheel drive when you've got four-wheel drive? And I think for a lot of us, it's just a lack of belief. It's just not what we have learned to put our weight on. And so there's the promise of a companion. Um, There's the promise of a counselor in, in, in John 14, Um, when we read the word advocate. In John chapter 16, at the end of the final discourse, verse 13, we read more about this. It says, when the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling me whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So Jesus describes the Holy Spirit as a guide, that he will guide you in truth and he will tell you what's true and he will speak to you what the Father says. And, and so the Holy Spirit is a teacher, the Holy Spirit is a guide, the Holy Spirit is, is a counselor, the Holy Spirit is a convictor, that just his presence in our lives brings an awareness that maybe we didn't have before. Some of you have experienced that as a Christian. Like you became a Christian and suddenly you became aware of some things in your life that you, you didn't see before. You weren't, you weren't aware of. He begins to convict you of sin. He, he helps draw some things to your attention. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of my, my mom. Uh, I, I don't know if you've had this experience, but with your, with your mother. Have you ever, like watched a movie, like at the movie theater. And, and then you thought, oh, it's a really good movie. And then you watch it with your mom and suddenly you start noticing all the parts of the movie that didn't get your attention before, but now they do. Like 
that, that's happened to me a number of times. Um, I, I, you know, especially when I was younger, you go to Blockbuster Video, uh, some of you know what that is, and you'd rent a video tape and you'd take it home. I'd watch it with my mom and, and then there'd be this scene and suddenly I'd remember the scene that I didn't think much of in the theater, but now that my mom's sitting beside me, I'm very aware of it. And she doesn't say anything. She doesn't even have to say anything. It's just the fact that she's sitting there next to me makes me aware of it. And I'm fast forwarding, like a two hour movie takes 24 minutes when I watch it with my mom. And it's just, you just are more aware of it. And the Holy Spirit, um, operates in this way for us, that he convicts us of our sin. He makes us aware of things that need to be aligned uh, with the holiness of God. And, and the word here to describe the Holy Spirit is guide. Uh, when I see the word guide, that especially kind of is triggering for me because I, I was a professional tour guide before I was a pastor. Um, I, I'm not proud of this but I was a professional tour guide for what's called Precious Moments Chapel. Do you know what Precious Moments are? Raise your hand if you know what Precious Moments are. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, so, it, it, you know, they're the little figurines with the teardrop eyes, and I, I was a tour guide for Precious Moments, and it was completely emasculating. I, I, I would go around, you know, giving these, these tours, and, and, and I had to use the word precious as many times as possible. Like, um, they would come in, Usually elderly ladies on tour buses would come in for these uh, tours of, 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 of precious moments. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.